people. Welcome to the Hunt Back Country podcast. This is episode number 351. And Steve and I just returned from Alaska with 20 plus good friends completing our annual death hike. And as you'll hear in this episode, the trip did not go according to planned, yet we took a lot away from it. And it was a great time and it was a challenge. And we talk about all of that and really all the reasons that we do the death hike each year. And so that's what we cover in this episode today. You'll hear us mention a few things, and you can check out the links in the show description uh, to leave us a question if you have a question about the death hike or any of the gear, tactics, etc. I also have a recap article of some of the lessons that I've learned, not only from this year's hike, but hikes in the past as well and much more. So check out the links in the show description. As always, guys, we do appreciate you tuning in. And if you have anything for us, you can reach us by email to podcast at exomountaingear.com. Or once again, leave an audio message. Just looking for that link in the show description that says leave a message. But right now, let's dive into this conversation as Steve and I recap the 2022 Exo Death Hike. Steve, back from another death hike, man. It was, uh, I think they all are, I want to say a success, but then also I always feel like we learned something and face unexpected challenges where it's like, uh, we didn't quite nail it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That this, um, everyone has its own lessons learned and things you're going to take from and, uh, and apply to the next one or, you know, really apply to life. Um, somebody, one of the guys posted on social and he did it. Uh, I shouldn't look it up. I think it might've been. I don't remember who it was, um, but basically like calling the death hike of, of a, a, the death of an older version of yourself and, and right. And then the birth of like a new version of yourself. And there's so much truth to that. Right. Um, it's just, this hike didn't end up being, you know, it was probably middle of the pack of this is the ninth year we've done it. And I'd say it ranks third, fourth or fifth, somewhere in there of difficulty level. But at the same time, uh, there was a lot of a lot of adversity and a lot of challenges, and um, you know I think all of that just helps. You know, anytime you can overcome stuff and and be successful on the other end of it, you look back at it and there's lessons learned, and um, you just everything uh, comes out better. I had another guy comment you know i did my once a year post to social media <laughs> i know it was impressive. i was like i actually had an email from somebody and they're like i saw that you guys are back from the death hike because steve posted something on instagram and i had to like, yeah. reread it like you did what <laughs> uh, but some guy asked was it difficult and and i said well, well difficult is relative to your perspective right like there is difficult doesn't actually exist right that one thing you know it could be hard for somebody to go hike a mile that could be difficult it could be hard uh, um, to go hike 100 miles but 50 is easy right and um, you know I think if this had been year one or year two of the hike it would have crushed us but we've just gotten we've just learned so many lessons from everyone we've done we've gotten efficient we've we know how to take care of our bodies now you know thanks to and Kyle camp who finally got to do his first one this year, but on the yeah. nutrition side, um, you know, how to take care of your feet, how to keep the sun off of you to keep from like overheating when you have that much exposure, um, just learned a lot of lessons. And so just, we're getting better and better at doing this every year, which is, which is cool. Right. 
I had that thought because in particular, if you look at the guys who've done a handful of these, there's just not as many issues as there used to be. You just don't, you don't see guys bonking. You don't see the crazy feet issues that we used to see. Um, just in numerous ways, I a hundred percent agree. It's like, if we would have done this with less experience, it would have been a much, much different outcome and we would have faced much different issues. Uh, but you're right. Like managing energy and nutrition and safety and gear and feet care and all that stuff, man. So many guys just have already kind of hit the bottom that now they know how to take care of themselves much better yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's so cool that I don't know. Yeah. The, the hike's just been pretty, pretty awesome over the years. Um, like I said, going back to that difficult is relative, you know, it's like when we first started it nine years ago, I didn't, it was just starting with a blank slate. I had no idea how far you could actually hike in a day. Right. Uh, and now like I go back to my, uh, sheep I killed in Idaho last year, you know, it's a 21 mile pack out. And I don't, think that was difficult because I've been there. I've done that. I, I know the process, right? But to anyone else, that sounds probably absurd, but it's like, yeah, it's just a couple of days with an 80 pound pack. No big deal. Like we've done it on a death hike before. I know I can get through this. Uh, it's, it's all just a mental state. Mm. I did find uh, the Instagram post that you were referencing. It was from Brian who um, if guys listened to last year's death hike recap, Brian was actually a listener of the podcast. One of the, one of the, I would say the few, but really Brian and his buddy, Jared, the only guys who've kind of been yeah. invited on the death hike, which we told that story last year, but their first time was last year and they came back this year. And, uh, what he, part of what he wrote that you were referencing was though, none of us died, the old comfortable and complacent, complacent versions of ourselves all perished. Death generally has a negative connotation, but these hikes allow us to put to rest the things that need to be put to rest fear and security complacency and comfort and the mundane all flee with each of these hikes and we are only left with a better version of ourselves in the end it's very uh, very well said yeah so to to get into how things did go and we'll just kind of tell part of the story and how the hike went and pull more kind of lessons out along the way um, you know, most guys were arriving in Alaska, flying into Anchorage at some point on Wednesday, a lot of guys, including yourself getting in late, um, after midnight. And then we were hoping to be hiking by midday Thursday, which happened. So we started, uh, the hike from our end point, which was a cool lodge that we got to stay at at the end of the hike. But we started from there and had to tackle some road miles, which was interesting to be starting a death hike and just be like cruising down the highway in Alaska um, before reaching a trailhead. And, you know, after the road miles and the first little bit of trail, which was easy and flat, it went, it went pretty straight into a climb. So I think it was basically right at about the five mile mark um, is when we finally started a climb. And it was, basically in two and a half miles. So from mile five to mile seven and a half, we climbed over 4,000 feet. It was a pull, Steve. Yeah, it was a pull. I mean, it, in itself, a 4,000 foot climb is, is tough, but not, um, you know, not impossible by any stretch of the imagination. Um, 
but I think the combination of nobody slept the night before you got the excitement going on and uh, we had a, so Dwayne, who's our, the outfitter for our sheep hunt, he has a condo up there that um, he used to, to live out when he was there. And now he has it just as a kind of a place to um, home base for work and stuff like that. And uh, it was 20 feet from the interstate. Uh, and so we got there and we had 23 guys and half of us were sleeping out on the, uh, the yard. And, uh, it was, like, uh, there was no sleep to be had. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, maybe a couple hours of sleep. Cause it's full on daylight outside. Uh, the interstate's just right there. Every, for whatever reason, the interstate in Alaska at three in the morning is, uh, not slow. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's a car going by every 30 seconds. Uh, so nobody got any sleep. And then I think the excitement of everything that like, I felt at the worst I felt on the hike was that first five miles of, of hitting the pavement to get into the trailhead. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sitting there going like, Oh man, this is gonna suck. Cause <laughs> it just, my body did not want to wake up, you know? Um, but yeah, then we hit that pole and we had some, um, Intel basically that we were going to hit this Ridge called penguin Ridge. And, um, there's still at the time, it's melting fast, but flying in, we could see the Ridge and there was a bunch of snow on it. And I, I was very, very skeptical that we were actually going to be able to do the route. Um, you know, I'd built this big route. that was going to be about 65 miles. And, uh, this, just the snow conditions were looking very nail. It was not looking good to be able to do the entire route, but we were going to try. So we went up there and, and once we hit the Ridge, went whopping like 400 yards and, got to a section that was just not, not safe, not just flat out. Like we're just massive snow cornice on one side. It's 2000 feet, just cliff. Uh, and on the other side, um, it's, it was very steep. And if you only had to cross this 50 foot snow patch, but if, if you slipped, so we had no ropes or protection or anything like that, if you slipped, you were, you know, you were not stopping for a long, long ways. You're going to, you may not have died coming out that side, but you were not going to be in any, any good condition. That's for sure. So we basically just pulled the plug right away. I mean, it was, um, I actually started putting on a stupidly started putting on my spikes and Boschma came up. He was right behind me and he's like, dude, no. And I was like, yeah, you're right. This one's not smart. Cause it, even if we got across that, there was going to be another one and another one, and another one. We had that Ridge was going to run for 16 miles. Um, and from the airplane, it just kept getting worse as far as the snow conditions. So I was, I was with Bashma and, uh, we were looking at you and, uh, just a few yards ahead and, you know, Tyler and I were like, Oh, what do you think, man? It doesn't look good. Blah, blah, blah. And then I started, you getting spiked. I saw you starting to get spikes and I literally told Bashma, I was like, we go talk some sense into him. <laughs> that's, when he, that's, when, <laughs> that's when he went up there. Cause I know you listen to Tyler. So that was a, a it was a planned effort right there. <laughs> yeah. Good. It was the right call, man. Like I was, you know, uh, I wanted to do the route bad. Um, but yeah, we, it was the right call to pull the plug. So that was that in itself to me was the biggest, probably mental challenge of the whole hike. Like you've got this predetermined thing that you're set out and you've, we've trained for, we're going to accomplish this. And all of a sudden it's like swept from under your feet and it's like, what do you do now? You know? it's, it's easy mentally to kind of, um, check out, you know, I was certain, we we're certainly disappointed of man, like how the, you know, we've got options here. We've got plenty of country to hike. 
It's just how do we kind of regroup and make this happen? And um, so we just kind of sat up there on the peak for maybe 30 minutes, just kind of thinking, obviously everyone had just pulled done that poll and we needed to take a break anyways. And, uh, and the group had gotten pretty spread out just in that first climb. There was some guys who crushed it. Other guys, um, who, uh, you know, just got sick right away. I think we had two or three guys throwing up on that first climb. <laughs> um, and I think that was again, that just like exhaustion and maybe not the right food going into it. It was definitely like, uh, the environment, it was really, really hot. And then it was very humid. Like the, the amount of moisture on the plants as it was heating up, it was like you were breathing in some pretty thick air. Yeah. I mean, going back to, we started midday, right? So we're doing this in the heat of the afternoon, this big pole and quite a bit of exposure. And as you said, a a good part of the first part of the climb was real vegetated, really brushy, just thick. And I agree. Like this was a, we weren't far into this and physically that was a good effort. And you talk about 4,000 feet and two and a half miles, but mentally like this is where stuff even got real. Cause I know, like, I think for you and I, Steve, it's more a matter of some of the responsibility of like replanning yeah. the route. Like that's, that's what, our head goes to, but for some of these guys, they were hurting coming up this 4,000 feet climb. And then, especially for the guys who are coming up later behind us, like they get to the top and they realize, wait, what? We're not, we're not going like we're turning around. I just got <laughs> yeah. 4,000 feet somewhat theoretically for nothing. Right. So yeah. it was definitely a mental toll for, I think everybody just in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. No, completely agree. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, we basically, there was another, I think at at that moment, we're like, let's just, we're not going to be able to do the miles, but let's do the elevation because there's all sorts of trails around us that we could go climb up 4,000 feet and drop down and climb up and drop down. And there was another, um, another little trail that crossed from us, you know, a couple miles and we're like, man, well, it's like, uh, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Let's go freaking drop down. We'll go climb up that one. Then we'll drop back down and we'll camp here in the bottom. And so we just took off with the full intent to get that done <laughs> and, uh, dropped a couple thousand, yeah, <laughs> dropped a couple thousand feet. Um, and, uh, and then it quickly turned into, oh yeah, this is Alaska. Like the, um, the, yeah, it was all open. And then once we hit the brush, uh, we were basically in the freaking jungle going down this thing where the only we were trying to navigate down this um, little creek that was just pouring off the side of the mountain and is super brushy on both sides and just crossing the creek, you know, 200 times. You'd walk 10 yards and find a little path and then cross and cross and cross and cross. And then uh, it just took forever to get down to the bottom. Man, I mean, it, you just... Uh, that was uh, certainly a lesson learned from the hike of uh, I definitely overestimated how fast as, as a group that we could travel through that country. And the, in the end, it we're basically averaged one mile an hour, which is insanely slow for, you know, what we're doing. Normally you can, you know, if that was Idaho, we do like two and a half uh, to, you know, if you're on trail, you're, you're doing three, three and a half miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Coming down off of that was steep. And then, as you said, got just incredibly brushy. And, um, again, that, that can play a mental role because you want to be moving like you want to, but you just can't. And 
that alone becomes very frustrating of knowing like, okay, we plan a was a bust. We got to get down off of this Ridge. It's not going to be traversable. Okay. Here's plan B. Let's go tag this other peak that we can see, uh, which I was all excited about. But then even then alone, mentally, it's a struggle because you realize, well, now I can't even do that because we're going so slow. We're not going to have the time to get down and then get to an access point to then climb this next peak. And so here we are, you know, afternoon of day one and in multiple ways, things just aren't going according to plan, which guess what? That's life. And in particular, that's backcountry hunting too. Like it would, it was a very familiar feeling of like being frustrated and a bit dejected of like, this is not going the way I wanted it to go. Now what? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was basically the whole hike (laughs) except for the last day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You had set. So before we fully descended and I wasn't there for this, but you had basically told everybody, because again, we had got spread out on this initial climb you made sure that everybody knew the plan of meeting at a certain location for night one. Yeah. Right. I, I stayed up at the top um, and waited for all the groups. We had about half of us get to the top and realize that we couldn't go. And that's, you know, the 23, there's 12, 13 of us hanging out. And um, uh, yeah, I basically made the new plan, told everybody where we're going to camp tonight. And then, and then I waited for everybody else to get up there and, and told them the plan. And some of the, you know, some of the guys that were hurting already, like, Hey, you know, we're going to go climb that peak. We're going to camp right down there at the bottom at this, where these two trailheads meet. Uh, we'll see you there. Um, and, uh, little did I know that we were never going to climb that peak. Uh, yeah. cause we got down. It just, again, took forever. We got down and then there's this, the dumbest, it's probably the dumbest thing we've done, which I, you've I, done. I, yeah. Yeah. You, you were <laughs> smart. Um, it's the dumbest thing I've done on the entire, on any death hike period. Um, you know, here we are, we just made a smart decision to turn around and, and put safety first. And then we got down to this Creek and the game, it's probably ankle deep at some point during the year, but right now it was, I don't know how deep it was, but it was just ripping like, and there was one log that's probably eight inch in diameter across it. And, uh, Tyler went first. He crossed it. No problem. Travis went. And then, you know, they were both kind of like going slow and careful. And I thought they were just being slow and careful. And, um, I got out on it and walked halfway and was like, do, 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 like, you know, don't fall in, don't fall in. Just don't overthink this. Just walk across, you know, and and you get to the middle and the, the log had enough branches. Like they were still going down into the water that as you were pushing on it, those branches were catching on the water and, and that thing starts wobbling pretty good. Uh, and it was like, oh, crap. Now I know why those two are going kind of slow. And uh, uh, I get across and I immediately like was like, oh, crap. Uh, we got, you know, there's 15 of us that all got to do this. Like, this is not good. And uh, I, I ran downstream about 50 yards and just started looking for ways that um, I thought someone was falling in for sure. I didn't think anyone like and it was. A 50, 50 probability you're coming back out of that water, man. Um, but, cause it wasn't 50, 60 yards down from the log crossing. There was a log jam of, of stuff and just looked like if you went in, you were going to get pinned under that stuff. And, uh, yeah, that was the scariest moment I've ever had. Um, or the most nervous, I should say of if somebody falls in, 
this is going to get uh, real really quick. And uh, luckily, um, everybody who attempted to cross crossed. Brian fell, but was able to like fall on the log and, and basically just straddled just it, straddled it, and walked across. And then you and four, four or five other guys, basically the log was getting wetter and slicker as every guy went on it. And yeah. you guys made the right decision and, and just side-held out of there. And that the reason, you know, we wanted to cross was there was a trail on the other side and the side that we were on, they, you know, they ended up hiking out was uh, by no means easy walking, man. You're just brush up to your freaking chest, uh, a steep, steep side hill. I mean, that, that sucked. Uh, we were moving really slow coming down that just like, like you said, because you're, you're forced to, Yeah, uh, you can't see anything. You can't see the ground. Um, it was, uh, you guys made the right call, but it was not, you know, it's not easy to be like, I'm going to play, play it safe here and, and do that. Cause it's, I don't know what you guys face getting out of there, but I know it wasn't easy. Yeah, it was, it was bad. There was no good. That's what was it's sometimes tough in those situations is you're looking at two options and neither one is great. Um, yeah. Neither one's good. And at the end of the day, uh, the only way I think I can explain it is it was just a gut call. It wasn't even a, a mind like analytical, like what if, or this or that, it was just like, there was something in me as I was standing there and watching guys and yeah, like somewhat thinking through like, Hey, the more guys that do this, the slicker this thing is getting and wet feet on it and yada, yada, yada. And, um, it just was one of those things. I was just like in my gut, I was like, I don't think I should be doing this right now. Cause I knew the consequences weren't getting wet or anything like that. Like the consequences on this one were, they were real. Um, and so just watching guys do it and seeing the conditions, I kind of turned to Mark, um, Mark Rowenhorst, who's the guy we'll be goat hunting with, who's been on the podcast, who was doing his first death hike. Um, he was there and him and I had somewhat, you know, going into the hike, you encouraged everybody to have a partner that you kind of don't leave. And him and I were kind of hiking together. Um, and so I just was like, what do you think, man? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I'll do it, but I don't think it's smart. And I was like, yeah, I'm same way. And we kind of stood there and him hawed a little bit more. Um, and then finally, I think I just kind of like spoke up and was like, I don't think it's worth it, man. Like what's the side's going to be bad, but let's just keep moving. And, uh, Jakey Poo and AJ were there and kind of overheard us and they were like, uh, we'll come with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I knew Jake wasn't excited about doing the potential yeah. of that crossing. And I was like, yeah, come on, let's go. So yeah, the four of us took off and, uh, you know, looking at maps, we knew we were in for a rough go by staying on the side we were on, um, just continuing to fight brush and side hill through nasty, nasty stuff. But looking at the bottom that we were headed to, there was a trail. Um, and then it looked like the trail went over the Creek and it was an established trail. So I was assuming there's either going to be some sort of crossing there or, as we got further down in elevation, the terrain around the Creek flattened out and wasn't like steep side Hill. And so I was just assuming that if nothing else, the Creek's going to widen out because the terrain <laughs> opens up. So even if there's not a bridge, that Creek should get a little bit wider and not be in such a, such a nasty, uh, pocket. Um, so yeah, we, the four of us took off, not knowing where the rest of, you know, probably about 10 guys who crossed it were, uh, but again, we knew kind of where the rendezvous point was for night one. 
and uh yeah eventually made it to the bottom uh hit the trail and then there was a huge bridge that went over the creek and we got to that bridge and kind of sat down to take a break and get some water and we were sitting there maybe i don't know 15 minutes and the uh we were joking around this whole time the b group the slower guys actually wasn't a few minutes and then they walk up they had Mm. they had went down the same way we had come up that four thousand foot climb so they would literally turned around and went right back down the known route um and then it was obviously much more efficient (laughs) than what we did (laughs) and uh they essentially caught up to us and then so we kind of all proceeded then towards kind of that night one camp location that we had all agreed upon and met up with you guys who were already there and all that yeah, and that was the <clears throat> we were set up on the on the first ridge that we turned around, you know, and I think it was I don't know what time it was, four or five o'clock. Uh and I said, Oh yeah, we'll drop down, we'll climb up that other side. Well, by the time and we we're only talking going three miles to get down to where we would start climbing again. Yeah. Uh, and it it wasn't until 10 30, 11 that we got to where I said we could camp, where I thought we could drop down, climb the other peak, drop back down and you know get there i mean it it just that chewed up so much time and and energy and effort just getting through to that spot that um that's where we yeah we set up camp got eaten alive by mosquitoes the whole whole night (laughs) which was fun (laughs) uh it was a bummer because we were up on that ridge and there was no mosquitoes you know then to drop back down into the into the jungle and just be getting eaten alive um that's always fun so yeah uh yeah, less the one one thing I was, you know, the whole point is like the next time you do this, what can you learn? And um, next time, I was like, how could we have crossed that log safely? Um, and I think, you know, if we had had a hundred foot good, like three eighths inch quality, like rock climbing rope, you would have sent tied one guy up to the waist, built mm. a little harness around him, sent him across, and then he could have tied a line from tree mm-hmm. to tree. And then we could have made some type of harness out of parachute cord and used everybody's in-reach carabiners and made some type of connection um, connection harness to where you could cross the log, hold on, you know, you're tied off to that rope, uh, and then you can hold on to the rope as balance, and then that's how we would have done it safely. So um, I'm going to say if, I'm going to say when we go back to Alaska and do another de- death hike, um, I'm certainly like for every five guys, there needs to be 100 foot of rope. And a yeah. couple carabiners. Yeah. Um, which I'm, yeah. It's like, all right, let's go back and try it. <laughs> Agreed. Um, yeah. Cause I, I think Dave uh, Kessner, who we had um, on the podcast before, you know, he was up there, uh, lives right there and was kind of helping us. And, and his motto of, you know, think twice as much, move half as slow or whatever. Um, it, it just holds so true. You know, uh, there's just so many obstacles and dangers and things to be aware of up there that uh, it wasn't your normal death hike where you just can put your head down and just you know lug the miles in you got to be aware you got to be aware of your surroundings there's you know there's brown bears all over the place up there Uh, there's a lot of obstacles and dangers and you just can't um it's just not as um it's not as safe as back home here in idaho you know there's just more a lot more going on yeah, I think it was 10:30 or so when we rolled into camp and 
ate a quick meal. And then uh, it was the first experience of sleeping in the light, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't <laughs> get dark. So yeah. I was uh, actually, you and I both were just running a bivy set up and, um, it was, it was just an odd, like this, by this point in time, I had no, my body had no idea what time it was. So like, as we going back to, uh, the travels and the logistics, it was like, you know, I flew Wednesday and changed time zones by like three hours, which isn't terrible, but then I was up super late and then up very early. And then we sat around quite a bit that morning waiting for everybody to get there and get ready and get ready for the hike. And then we've been hiking all these hours and now it's, you know, crawling a bivy at 11 PM and it's like daylight out. It was just a, it was a weird, like, I feel like I've been awake for four days or something, you know, like I have not seen the dark and I haven't slept, but uh, actually all that said slept incredibly well in the field on these nights, even though it was brighter out. Um, I don't know if it's just, you know, my body had done so much and was just tired, but uh, I kind of, at one point before the hike, I thought of packing like an eye mask to sleep with. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I had the thought in the middle of, you know, being busy and doing whatever, and then never had the thought again and never bought one or packed one. I've never slept with one, but I basically just, I laid on my back and put my ball cap tipped over my face where the, the bill of the hat was kind of laying over my eyes to create a little bit of barrier to the light. Um, I passed out and actually slept really good. Mm. That makes one of us. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't, I don't think I ever slept more than between all the nights combined. I don't think I got three to four hours of sleep uh each night like it was uh just yeah just rough but um yeah yeah weird that certainly if you live up there it's uh how how you navigate that you know just your brain whatever the chemical is when it's light outside that your brain's telling your body to be awake that's a real thing because yeah it was just kind of by the end of the trip it's just like i don't know if it's 2 a.m or 4 Mm p.m or you just just kind of lose track of time. So yeah, um, yeah. We wake up. We got the whole group together. Uh, I basically establish. Okay, here's where I want to get to tonight. Um, establish a camp spot, and I thought um, I thought it was entirely doable. It was like 16 miles. You know, it just uh, like we had. We were going up um, this this creek that had a at least a trail marked on it. I knew that you know, there's a, from talking with Dave, that there was a, a trail existed going out through the back, but I didn't know exactly the condition of it. And, um, again, just got kicked in the nuts and <laughs> like, <laughs> even on the, the trail that existed, we were moving like a mile and a half an hour, uh, cause it's just the amount of Creek crossings, the amount of obstacles, the, you know, um, this, well, the one downside of the big group setting is it's kind of like a traffic jam when, you know, when the trail's good and everyone can just cruise, everything's moving along nice, but you get uh, one person or one obstacle that's off to the side and then everything backs up behind it. And so that morning, you know, just between the Creek crossings and some guys would just like put gators on and splash through it. And other guys would stop and put their Crocs on. Uh, it just took time and took time. And we literally, I think with that first three mile it was like three miles to this one crossing and i was like oh that's an hour you know what i mean well Mm -hmm. three and a half hours later that morning we finally get there Uh, it's just like holy crap like we're in for a long day (laughs) like if we're moving this slow and it's 
this is supposed to be the easiest portion of it, but it was just the reality. Like we weren't, we weren't moving slow because we were being lazy. We were like working our tails off and still moving that slow. Um, but that was, uh, that was fun that the, there's one Creek crossing in the back on bird Creek that, uh, there was a rope across and, you know, it was, uh, basically waist deep, pretty ripping water. It was a safe, much, much, much safer crossing than if, if you did slip, like you were going to, you were going to get out on your own. You were fine. You just, you know, you might end up 150 yards downstream, but like the, the way that where the crossing was and how downstream it looked like you were going to be fine. You just, you know, you're going to get wet and swim, but, um, yeah, we all made it across that. It was, you know, for some guys, uh, it wasn't a big deal for other guys. It was a like, you know, it was scary because that water's mm-hmm. ripping and it's just you holding onto that rope. And, um, yeah, that was, uh, so again, that, that took time. Finally got across that. We did, uh, poor Kyle camp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can pick out the guy, but the shortest guy of the trip, you know, waist, waist deep to Scott salmon to, to, uh, is a uh, chest deep to Kyle. And that was, um, we got, we, we cracked some jokes on his behalf the rest of the trip for sure. And like, it was his first death hike. Right. And right, I don't think he's yeah. done anything close to that. So between the height of the water and just being it being his first experience, I was, uh, I was honestly just like super excited for him. Like the only thing I could think in my head was like, this is so good for you, Kyle. Like yeah. just because it was you know, going back to experiences I've had, like my first time doing stuff like that. And in the moment you want to be a bit freaked out, but then you do it. And then it's everything we talk about, like that builds confidence in you and shows you what you're capable of and just confronting discomfort and all that stuff. So I was like genuinely excited for him to, to come around and see that water and go, Oh man. But then to, cause I knew he'd push through and I knew he'd do great. And he did. Um, yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. That's pretty priceless. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the hike continued. We, we had, um, you know, there's wasn't a trail on the map, but David said there is kind of a trail that follows back through this one portion once we uh, kind of left the established trail and we were able to, to stay on it that, you know, the, the vegetation there is, um, that was tricky. Um, just cause you can't, everything's, you know, six feet tall down there in the Creek bottoms, the, the grass, the, the plants, shrubbery, everything. And, um, so the trail's there, but you can just barely see it under your feet. You know, you're using your trekking pole to like push apart all the stuff just to see it. Um, and we were, we were able to stay on it for the most part and navigated our way back. Um, and then basically picked a spine Ridge to climb up, which connected us to the original route. And, uh, just everything was Alaska was unforgiving, man. Um, it, in that sense, it lived up to the hype of, uh, everything was difficult. There wasn't a, uh, the easy steps were hard and the hard steps were damn difficult. Um, just, you know, again, I'm look at <laughs> one of the jokes of the whole thing was, um, the topo lines, you know, here in Idaho, they're 200 foot lines, right? Um, the, the bold ones and up there, they're 500 feet. So it, you're so programmed to look at a topo map and just, you're not really looking at the you know the elevation markers at each line you're just looking at the the map in general and you see stuff and you go oh that's that's easy i'll get over there and then i actually like pull that up you know in onyx i'll draw a line and go oh man that's that's five miles that looks like two on the map you know Uh, or that's four thousand feet not 
you know, 2000 feet or really, you know, 200 foot topo lines to 500 foot lines, just two and a half times. Um, so just everything just took longer, uh, than, than you just expect, you know? So I, I certainly learned from that to again, be, you know, you seem to like slow down and be more aware, um, when you're making those decisions on where we're going to, how we're going to travel and where we're going to meet and all that stuff. Um, but we eventually just pulled, we had, um, we went up that spine Ridge, you know, it was probably a 2,500 foot, just sheer vertical pitch getting up that thing. Like that was not easy. Um, and then, uh, and then we had the side hill from death, uh, which, <laughs> uh, we ended up, um, kind of side hilling down a little bit below the rest of you guys. And there, there was no good way to do it, but I think you guys had the better route, frankly, if you climbed up higher where you're more or less walking on ground, that's flat under your feet, right? You're, you're climbing up steep, but it's not side hilling. Um, and we peeled off and kind of started side hilling sooner. And that it was, uh, because it was waist deep, you know, grasses and plants and flowers and whatever the heck, there's just so much, uh, if you, you feel like you're in a freaking jungle up there, there's so much, um, vegetation that you can't, you couldn't ever see your feet when you're stepping. And it, uh, that just made it difficult, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, uh, that, um, you were it just, you'd step and you'd get two or three steps. And then the neck, your fourth one would freaking slide out from underneath you. And that really, uh, it didn't matter what shoe you were wearing by the time, like four or five hours later that we got done with that side hill, everybody's feet were, um, were scorched. My, my, I was wearing, um, I ended up doing the whole thing in some Solomon speed cross fives and, uh, my feet were a 99% before starting that side hill and dropped to like a 5%, uh, by the time we got <laughs> done with that, like, everybody. Yeah. That, oh man, that freaking that hurt. You're, you're basically the, it was a, you know, we're climbing, you know, it was a right side hill, I guess. So your left foot is down and my, and your left foot was just scorched but there was just no no way around it i stopped midway and uh, my feet were getting so hot i taped up my big toe i taped up the the bottom of my like the ball of my foot um to try to prevent that and uh prevent it from getting worse and it's it didn't matter man that was that was tough yeah we got separated we were all in a big group and then um a few of us got separated from you guys kind of before we made the climb yeah. Um, it's funny just, how that happens, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it was like, it was what you said earlier. It was yeah. one of the Creek crossings and, uh, you know, I had, I think, yeah, like Tyler threw gators on and went across. I had done Crocs cause I knew what was ahead in terms of climbing and some side hilling. And I was like, man, if I can avoid having like wet boots, I want to, cause I know what's coming. And so I pulled the boots off and did Crocs as did a couple other guys. And then, um, yeah, after the crossing, like I said, it was kind of a log jam and then guys took off and then there was a few of us behind and we came to what, what was a bit of a fork in the trail. And I was like, man, I don't know if those guys went right or left, but let's go over here. And we went left and you guys had gone right. And then, so we got separated and then, uh, we started that big climb you said, which was, it was, you know, it was grassy. Like it was a, um, a vegetated slope, but it was, it was steep. And so we did a big pull up of that and then got to a point where there is a tree and a little bit of shade. And again, at this point, it's 
kind of prime heat and sun. And so it's like, hey, let's get under the shade for a few minutes and get some water. And uh, we fully assumed that everybody else was ahead of us because the route we had taken before the climb was pretty bad. Um, and then did the climb and then we're sitting there in the shade and all of a sudden, oh, here comes those guys. We actually somehow snuck ahead of, you know, the guys that were ahead of us. And we linked back up and as you said, went up the Spine Ridge, Steve. And at this point, what was the big lead group had split. You guys were off. You stayed lower into the side hill. We went further up and got on that Spine Ridge. And yeah, the side hilling, it was funny because it was one of those scenarios where I was able to look down at where you guys were at. I was like, oh, those freaking turds stayed in the bottom and they're not going to, you know, <laughs> they're skipping out on elevation that we pulled and they're cheating, right? <laughs> like we did all this more climbing than they did. And then we're higher and then we do all this side hill. And it's like, man, this side hill it sucks up here. Like we should have stayed in the bottom with those guys. And then, uh, you know, get over and do all the side hill. You know, she just said was terrible and everybody was hurting and then got to this point where I linked back up. And uh, I was getting ready to say something to you about, you know, cheating and not getting elevation and avoiding all the side hill. And then you're like, that was terrible. You guys' route looked way better. You know, and it was like, <laughs> no, it wasn't. You guys had it way better. <laughs> we joked last year in that the group that I was in in that snow slide drainage. What we did all day was like, we would split up and look at the other guys and go, oh, they have it made. Like they're down there in the bottom. That's way better than us up here. And we would literally like, switch positions and you always think that the other guy has it better and in all reality it's like no this is pretty bad for everybody it's funny too because like we're on the death hike like the intent is to make this as hard as possible but it's your nat like it's your natural yeah instincts especially as hunters to like like we want to be efficient so you're like looking at the map like okay here we are here's where we're going how the heck do we get there in the most efficient way um and uh yeah that was uh that side hill freaking sucked. Like I would, I would have traded sheer climbing all day long for 100%. versus doing what that was. It, that was brutal, but luckily we got, got all the way out the back up into this basin and we had, you know, based off of our first day experience, we had to go up and over this gnarly looking Rocky summit. Um, and it was very much like, I think it's a 50, 50 shot. We get over this thing. Um, but we, there's this creek running out up there we all stopped, got a good snack in. I actually got my underwear and, and got like way steep and just sat on this glacier freaking runoff Creek for about 10 minutes. And that was, uh, you know, obviously it sucks for the first 30 seconds, but that felt really, really good. Um, and uh, a bunch of other guys were soaking their feet and just taking break and, we packed up after a little bit and you know, that part, the fun part about the unknown is I was like, I just, I have no idea if we're going to get over this, but we're going to try. And, uh, luckily, you know, I think if it had been, Oh, you know, it, it, probably a matter of days earlier, three or four days earlier, it would not have been doable, but the snow had melted just enough that we were able to pitch, uh, get up that pitch. And as in itself, it's a really good climb. And then to me, that was kind of, one of the beginnings of the highlight of the trip is we started right there. All of a sudden there's some doll sheep in the back, a big old group of using lambs. And then there was a ram off by himself. And so we all got to stop and glass him for five, 10 minutes, uh, which was really cool. You know, it's like, that's what we came to Alaska to see, you know, just these animals. And, 
and then and then climbed up that climb and got to the top and um it, you know from the maps so it's like if the snow's good we're definitely gonna be able to get to the ridge but i don't know if we can get off the back side of it and uh we got up there and it, it looked doable but it was one of those you could see about 100 yards and then you just couldn't see anymore and so we just didn't you just didn't know if it was just a sheer cliff down there it got too steep so you know very carefully we're going down um and it was probably not probably it was hands down the steepest thing I have ever descended that didn't involve like rock climbing. Like, it was freaking steep down that. And that was, um, that was probably number besides that log crossing, that descent was number two on the list for me of, of dangers in the hike. I was really nervous about everybody else getting down that safely. Cause it, there was no margin for error. If you slipped, there, you, weren't stopping. It, you weren't stopping. I mean, I don't know the angle of that slope, but, um, it's just, it was, um, later on, I remember like that. You could not do that in Idaho because the ground for what, you know, the ground up there had, had all that kind of lichen mossy stuff growing on it. Um, and Idaho, that would just be loose rock and dirt and it just wouldn't have been possible, um, <laughs> without like crampons and an ice axe that you're just digging into the dirt just to climb up that thing uh and probably ropes um but we were able to get down it um safely at the very bottom last hundred feet there was a good snow patch that we all jumped into and went about 50 miles an hour on our butts which was awesome uh and uh, and then we you know we got to the back side of that and it was like the um i was like yeah again that euphoria of like oh, this is what we came here for the views were absolutely stunning um yeah. it looked like i had a I had a customer i think he backpacked through greenland um and he you know he bought he bought an exo pack and sent me photos and like that country i felt like i was in his photo like it was just these big boulders everywhere and rolly kind of terrain it's just absolutely gorgeous you know and you just kind of had to like it's like yeah the like the hiking sucked so far but man like take it take a deep breath, look around. Like we are in Alaska. This is mm -hmm. stunning country. Um, it was, that, that was like one of the highlights of the trip for me right there. That, that last little pitch and coming down and being on that backside of that thing. And man, yeah. just, just freaking gorgeous. Yeah. That was that whole, like basically from when we finished the side hilling and we're at the Creek and took that break all the way into the end of day two, was like for me just like pure joy like it was still tough hiking um you still had to be like as you said like careful on the descent and all that but like it was like this is the alaska that i wanted everybody to experience because day one when we got turned around at that peak like the views from up there were fantastic but then we spent so much time in brush and in the bottoms and just like slogging low frustrating brushy miles that in my head i was like some of these guys is their first trip to alaska and yes this is just part of it like this is like welcome to alaska you're getting your butt kicked right but i also wanted guys to like experience like just the grandeur of the mountains and like how cool and pretty it could be so this whole section for me was the highlight of not only for me personally but just knowing for other guys like guys are taking this in in a way that it's probably never taken anything else in before. Um, 
between seeing the sheep and the climbs and the descent and sliding down the snow and getting into yeah Greenland <laughs> it was that whole thing was just amazing man yeah that was cool um so yeah we uh we had intended to get to this other creek drainage um but at this point we're um you know way behind schedule what i wanted again i think it, um i don't know what time it was but we're like we're looking down there at the lake and um we're like man that'd be a pretty cool place to camp and take in the scenery and enjoy the view and um and we didn't there were some other groups moving slower and that's another thing and it's a problem every year but as we you know we have 23 of us and communicating between the groups to understand how everyone's doing um we've got to figure out a better way like we were relying on inreach to inreach messages which are just not reliable um inreach to cell phone to your wife back at home is pretty good most of the time inreach to inreach out in the field is pretty crappy and um luckily the whole time i'd been messaging guys and they were getting them but they were responding and i only ever got a couple um but didn't know how the other guys were doing you know just knew that they were moving slower and um so we decided to just like hey let's camp here we can all regroup tonight um and then we'll make a plan for tomorrow and uh that's what we did. We camped in this lake basin back there and there ended up being more sheep up above us uh, that we were able to put the glass on and just hang out and relax. And um, we had a pretty fun evening that night. You know, we had a couple, two, three hours before everyone went to bed and um, we were all hanging out and then the kind of middle group met up with us and it was just fun to high five everybody and, and hear, you know, the, the camaraderie aspect of this trip, like, cannot be understated like or overstated like it it's so much it's so much fun there's a lot a lot of laughing and poking fun of other guys and um man it's it's um it's pretty special frankly yeah yeah there was there was some tear shed that night from just laughter yeah <laughs> not pain <laughs> just laughter yeah oh uh, man yeah, just really? thinking of like Anthony's commentary of Dioni setting up his tent, and oh man, there are so many fun things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That uh, spot was physically, I was ready to keep pushing. Um, yeah. Yeah, like me too. A hundred percent physically, I was like, I want to go. I don't want to stop. We have plenty of daylight. I have energy. My legs felt good. Like I was ready to cruise, but that spot would would have been hard to have just passed by and left i mean it was truly yeah. yep. like such a cool like how many times you get to camp in this setting and like go to bed with this as your backdrop and wake up and as you said i was i was glad we stopped not only for that like the scenic part of it but to have that time to regroup and to tell those stories and hang out for a couple hours like that the end of the day that's it's part of the value of this whole experience as well so that was a that was a special night it was fun yeah that was it was a really cool at that point i basically made the decision to like because uh, that one thing i had debated on prior to the hike you know the six months leading up to it was do i make this impossible um <laughs> like really try to replicate you know the toughest hike we've ever done or do i try to schedule it so it's it's really damn hard but there's also some moments of enjoying Alaska, right? Where mm -hmm. your head isn't just, you know, staring at your shoes the whole time. And uh, at that point I was like, yeah, like 
I think, you know, we could, we could make it, we could add some distance to this route. Um, the next day we could push on now, but let's, let's just camp and enjoy this. And from there on the rest of the trip was just an absolute blast, man. Like again, like more pain from stomach cramping because you're laughing so hard than, than necessarily other things. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had a good time. And one, the, there was three guys, Travis Bayless and Tyler that, uh, they actually kind of, they, they really would like, it's hard. Like we're geared to like, go, 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 go. It's hard to like stop. And like, man, we, we could just keep hiking for a few more hours. Um, and they went up to the saddle and I think they intended to keep on going, but they got up there and, and the views were gorgeous. Um, and they ended up, I got an inreach message from Tyler, like, Hey, we're going to camp up here. And, um, some of the, so a couple of the guys, Travis is, uh, just this, uh, just an absolute beast. Uh, and Dan and Dione always try to keep up with them or beat them. And, um, they, everyone concocted a plan to, uh, get up at two in the morning, um, and sneak by their tent and, and hike out and, uh, and try to beat Travis out to the place. So that's, uh, that's what we did. We, we got up, but I guess it ended up being 3 AM yeah. got up there. You a bunch of, there was probably what eight of you guys. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. They, you guys snuck by and then I was, I gave them, I gave you guys like a 10 minute head start and then I had the camera on. And I was like, you know, those guys are just completely asleep in their tents up there. And I'm like, good morning guys. You know, like, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, Dan and Dione, the rest of the group, they're already gone. You better get going. You better catch them. Um, and Travis played it off incredibly smooth. Like, Oh, I don't care. No big deal. No big deal. You know, I'm oh. proud. I was like, oh, okay, well, it's kind of anticlimactic. Like I thought, he, I thought he was gonna pack up his stuff and take off after him. Um, and uh, yeah, so Tyler and Bayless, everyone and Travis packed up camp, drank drank a cup of coffee, um, and then the, basically the second camp was loaded and the pack was on. Travis was freaking gone, um, just basically running <laughs> off the mountain to go catch another group, which was which was fun. Yeah. So yeah, we had camped in that bottom get up at 3 a.m once again it's essentially daylight like no headlamps needed no nothing and pack up and we had to climb do a good pull up into the saddle that those guys were camped in and as you said we snuck by them and then now on the back side of the saddle this descent was again like trying to find the best way through um it was brushy there was another creek that we crossed back and forth and this side and that side and trying to figure out which side's better and then we ended up sticking to one side and it was uh, brush and grass that was, you know, waist to chest high. And this is so early in the morning, it's soaked, just soaking wet. And uh, I mean, you're just drenched from mid body down, like gators would have done nothing. You needed hip waders. I mean, you're just constantly moving through wet, thick vegetation um, from your midsection down. And uh, picking that route was slow. And then, you know, it was so thick that as you move through it, you're creating a, a very visible trail. And in the back of my head, I'm like, well, you know, if if Travis picks this up, he's going to have the advantage of just following our route, not having to find one. And anyway, long story short, we make it to the bottom where there's a trail. And then at one point, uh, one of the guys had turned and glassed back up into the saddle we had just come out of. And we could see two guys sitting there and the guy who classed was like, Oh, that's, uh, that's Tyler and Travis. Like they're still 
they're still up near the top of that saddle. Like they're, you know, we have an hour and a half on them easy, you know, no problem. And, uh, it was just a quick glance and we kept hiking and, and we get further down and one of the guys had to take a leak or something. So we didn't take a break. We just kind of stopped in the trail and, uh, Christian who this was his first death hike and he didn't really know Travis. He was like, man, those guys are back there. There's, we're going to get out of here. Cause at this point we're down to the trail and, you know, we're thinking we'll cruise on this trail. And Christian's like, man, there's no way he's gonna, there's no way he's going to catch us. Like they were back there. And uh, I literally turned to Christian. I was like, he will catch us. He's like, Oh no, man. It's like, there's no way he's way back there. And I was like, yeah, this is your first time. Just wait and see. <laughs> and literally I said that, like, this is your first time. Just wait and see, dude, not 15 to 20 seconds later, we hear this noise and Travis comes flying down the trail full run. And it was like, excuse me, excuse me. Like, cause we were standing in the trail. It's like, get out of the way, excuse me. And just, poof, just flies past us. And I mean, it was like, you could not have scripted or timed this better with my comments and Christian, he just turns back at me and like big eyes, like, holy cow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, it turns out that wasn't Travis and Tyler up at, at towards the top of the draw. That was you. Um, it was you and Tyler, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Travis and Bayless were already lower down and we didn't see him. So he was closer than we thought than we saw but still it was just so stinking funny when i was like dude this is your first time he'll definitely catch us and not 15 seconds later here he comes running by us uh and then yeah he runs by us and dan and dione were with us hiking and they kind of look at each other and i don't know that a word was said they just looked at each other and then took off running uh to try and catch travis and the rest of us hiked our way out yeah that was um yeah the one another lesson learned from alaska is you know i'm so if i see a map on onyx or or, or see a, a trail on onyx i immediately go to the aerial imagery uh, on google earth or onyx or wherever's got it the best quality and i look for the trail right um because sometimes it's overgrown doesn't exist anymore and uh that's one downside of up there is there's so much vegetation that the trails are covered from above right like even though the trail's 12 inches wide, but the grass grows up on both sides and, and the trail just disappears. Um, so it ended up being a good trail on the way out, but we didn't know, you know, it was like eight miles or something like that to get out. We had no clue if that was a trail or not, you know? So that decision that morning of, um, well, let's just get up and over and hit the trail and go out. Cause I, I don't see a trail on the map. I think this could take, uh, this could take all day to get out of here. But yeah, we ended I mean, up hitting it. Yeah. If it's eight miles, it could take eight to 10 hours given our yeah. current. Or oh, yeah. And it was as thick as that bottom was, that would have been, you know, I don't even know how the heck you would have done it. Um, that was freaking brutal. It was really wet in there, creeks running everywhere. Um, and uh, yeah, we ended up being a decent trail and just cruised out, man. We got, you know, we did that eight miles and freaking two and a half hours or something like that um, and got back out. And we, you guys, the main group got out at like 6 a.m. We were there by 8 a.m. You guys were in between, right? Um, and so, yeah, in the end, it was, uh, we're like 35, 36 miles and um, did that all in just under, I think, 40 hours. Um, mm -hmm. So it's fairly, fairly impressive stat on the amount of country we covered, the elevation gained, and the time duration that we did it. Um, and I said, looking back, it's middle of the pack on, 
uh, physical effort level. Again, I think it'd be higher, but we've just gotten so much better at how to approach these hikes. And obviously all these lessons learned have we take and apply to our hunting. Um, and you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah. And once again, I mean, and getting back and having that, that day, uh, there's essentially groups spread out for, I don't know, probably uh, what Steve is six ish hour kind of total gap of guys coming in to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so like getting back and some get groups get done and are able to get a shower and sit in there. And then everybody's always so good about as we see guys coming in, you know, congratulating them and all that. And so we get all the groups in and finally everybody's back and, this place we got to stay that day had a gorgeous view of the water and the mountains. And so once again, it was a special time for the camaraderie and telling the stories and being in Alaska and sitting in that setting and um, getting to have a little bit of that time uh, to just be together again and a bunch of laughs and a bunch of stories and uh, through some, through some cornhole bags (laughs) right there, which was pretty cool. (laughs) So it was a great way to, to end the trip for sure yeah that was uh, again yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot of jokes that can't be repeated on the podcast but man <laughs> we have fun yeah. <laughs> we had loaded up the, the uh we stayed at this place called turn again view lodge uh right on indian creek if anyone's ever up there in alaska they were absolutely fantastic to deal with uh, great people and it was funny when i called called that them up uh like because this is kind of hard to explain like what we needed like well i've got 23 guys we just need a home base to crash you know we don't need like a lot of amenities um just a place that can be a meeting you know because these guys do wedding it's like a wedding venue and you know people come through and um and just trying to describe to them but then they ended up telling me a story of you know they've been up there for a long time and the guy's like oh yeah i kind of did that route like back with my wife and i and our our I can't remember. They said their son, he was like two and we took him through there for like two weeks. And I'm like, yeah. I was just like, <laughs> you know, like what you did, what, when you, you had a two-year-old with you, you know, like yeah. describing like, you know, they had no food. They were just eating berries and crap. And I was like, man, there's, uh, th- you know, that right there is why we have to keep doing the death hike every year. Um, we talk about like our lives are so damn comfortable now, um, that there's just, there's no opportunity for growth unless you are actively searching and pushing for it um, and making your life uncomfortable in certain ways. Uh, and that is, is like the core root of why the death hike exists. Cause these people were back in the eighties freaking bushwhacking through Alaska with a two-year-old um, and it makes you tough and it makes you a better person um, when you hit obstacles in your life. Uh, and, and times get tough. Um, the, the things you've done prior to that, you know, teach you to how to, how to respond and how to handle adversity. Um, and those guys, they're just tougher. It's a tougher generation, uh, especially living up there in Alaska. So why I continue to do the hike every year and, and I'm going to for as long as I can, man, I think it's, um, some guy at some point, like made a comment, like I've got nothing left to prove I've, I've done the hike. Um, and to me, it's like, okay, I, I know what my capabilities are. I know how far I can hike that. I think there's an opportunity to push even further and and really see how far you could go. But at the same time, um, 
I, I know I can do it. How long can I keep doing it? To me, that's the next challenge. Can I keep doing this until I'm 50, 60, 65? I don't know. Yeah, and it's like, for me, it's the, I know what I did do, but it's, can I do it? Right? Like, yeah, I know I can because I have, but can I now? Like what you were saying, it's like, you can't just live back on, oh yeah, I've done that before. That was like five years ago. But then you realize I'm not who I was five years yeah. ago. Yep. And if you hit cruise control, you don't maintain, um, you know, it's kind of the whole idea of there is no cruise control. You're either growing or you're regressing. And so to yes. keep growing, you, you got to keep pushing. And so, yeah, I'm hundred percent on board. Like we got to keep doing stuff like this because otherwise there's no, there's no static, there's no homeostasis. It's, you just got to keep pushing. Yeah. Well, we, um, we will post uh, like kind of a recap. We'll leave a link in the show description. I will go ahead and share um, my gear list and the food list I used. Again, everybody has different gear, different preferences, but just to give you guys an idea, if you want to check something out, I already had mine in the spreadsheet I can share. Um, and then if you guys have any questions on gear or other stuff you've heard, um, go ahead and look for the link in the show description that says, leave us a message and we can tackle some of those questions on a future Monday minute. If you guys have questions, uh, you can also just email, um, podcast at exomontgear.com. Um, yeah, Steve, any, before we do wrap that up and, um, guys take a look at the gear list and stuff like that, any gear highlights, things you do different stuff. you uh, like that? Yeah. Well, like the next Monday minute, we'll cover it. I got to boogie and take the kids to uh, summer camp here this morning. So that uh, life we'll wrap <laughs> that life, get the kids camp and get straight to the office. So we'll wrap it up, but yeah, we'll cover it on a Monday minute. Cause certainly every hike has um, presents new challenges and new opportunities to test new gear and try things out and find things that work and don't work. And uh, this, this hike was no exception. Cool. Well, guys, let us know what questions you got and we'll chat more soon. Well, that's wrap for now, guys. Once again, if you have any questions for us, send an email to podcast at exomongear.com or look for the link in the show description that says leave us a message. And while you're down there, you can also find a link to an article that I wrote about the lessons I've learned from not only this year's death hike, but years previous as well. As always, we do appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you can share the show with a friend that helped us tremendously or just look to leave a rating or review in your podcast app or possible. That would also help us a ton. And finally, if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe or follow button in your podcast app so that you receive future episodes automatically. And we'll talk to you soon.